Okay, so uh, welcome to the show. Let's get started. It's been a while since I've last seen you, Dan. Um, what have you been up to, mate? Well, since we played together at the uh, Hallow Turf of Roots Hall, I went for about 45 different football clubs playing and then uh, gradually made the decision to move into coaching. And to be honest, Dino, it's been, uh, it's been fantastic. I prefer it to, to playing. Uh, yeah. Coming to Orient as a coach about three or four years ago, and uh, as I say now, I've moved up to be working with the 18s, and I, I really enjoy every day I come into work now. Yeah, it's, it's actually been about 17 different teams I think you've played for. So yeah. It's quite a few still, Thanks anyway. So what's the best club you've played for? So you played for a few. I think, you? yeah, I th- I've had a lot of good clubs. It's different. It's, it, it's strange because uh, the best club was probably Hull City. Uh, I suppose Brighton as well. Two big clubs, big fan base. You know, as a young lad, it was great. Even little things like going on the on a night out after you played a game and get recognised. That sort of stuff was great. But then on the other scale, I loved my time at somewhere like Salisbury, which was a small non-league club. But that's probably where I was most happiest. So. It's a funny game, people say football, but yeah, Hull City was the, the biggest club I played for, definitely. Oh, them nights out on that orange juice must have been uh, really good anyway. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, apart from me, who's the best player you've played with? Apart from Dean Holders. Oh, that's a, that is a, I'd have to say Bobby Zamora at Brighton. Uh, I try and use him as an example to young lads here without sort of name dropping that I played with him. Uh, the fact that he was a striker who scored goals, loads of skill, but he worked his absolute socks off uh, on the training ground, on the pit, and that's something that I, uh, I'll always remember him about. What sort of advice would you give youngsters who are trying to get into football? What advice would you give yeah, to them? Yeah, I mean, it's something we, we say orient to our young lads, to our under-9s, right up to our sort of under-21s, is, uh, is that basic, I suppose, old-school sort of morals of working hard and being professional. They still apply. If you watch the best best players in the world, Rooney, for example, he still works his socks off from, from the first minute. And I think that's it. Obviously, you've got to have a certain amount of skill and... And dedication should come with that naturally, but for me it's those, those sort of basic morals of hard work and wanting to succeed that get most people over the line. Um, so your dad played as well, and he was also my manager as well, our yeah. former manager. Yes. Um, how did you find it playing for your dad? As bad, it's probably as scary as what it is as a being my dad, actually. <laughs> people, you know, people say he's a scary man, and he has, got a sort of, he has always had and always will have a... A sort of aura about him that, that strikes a little bit of fear in you, but in regards to that tactically, you know, he's taught me a lot growing up, and especially now gone into coaching, he's been a great sort of uh, guide, I suppose, to to sort of help me down this path now. And he's uh, yeah, he's always there on the end of the phone. Now he lives abroad, but he's always there on the end of Skype to uh, yeah. to help you through the good times and the bad. Oh, I was going to say, what's your dad up to at the moment? He lives in the Caribbean, uh, so don't feel too sorry for him. Oh. He's in- sorry. Yeah, sorry, just got interrupted there by the, the missus calling up if I wanted my dinner. It's great. So, back on that question, yeah. Um, what is the gaffer up to at the moment? He, uh, yeah, he's living out in the Caribbean, as I say. I uh, don't feel too sorry for him, but uh, he said it's 105 degrees out here today, so I'm, my heart bleeds. But we, uh, we Skype every day and everything football-related I, I talk to him about, and he still keeps, uh, keeps a loop of what's going on in the Premier League, and especially at Orient. When he is over, comes over, watches the under-18s game, shows a real interest in, in what I'm doing now. Yeah, as I say, from, from me being a player to being a coach, he's always been a really good guide for me, to be fair. In your playing days, as I say, um, you played for quite a few clubs, as we already said. Yeah. Um, how did you find the travelling and the, the constant moving around? I, it's funny, because it, it, some people really struggle with that, and uh, I've always lived all over because of my my different footballing clubs and the career I've had. I mean, I had that growing up with my dad as a manager, moving around different schools and that, and so I suppose I was used to it. I mean, in hindsight... Do I wish I had less clubs? Probably. Probably. I was probably too quick to maybe to move on when things weren't going great. Uh, but 
I suppose the the positive side of that is that being a coach now, I can refer back to about 12, 15 managers I played for uh, and take bits out of all that experience I've had as opposed to playing for one man my whole life and only knowing his way. I've played for people like Peter Taylor, Russell Slade, you know, my dad, David Webb, and being able to take the best and worst of all those people and, and hopefully, you know, produce my own style. That's good, that's good. Coming up to the end of your playing career, did you ever think... Uh, what am I going to do next? Was there a sort of a panic stage or did you know I'm going to go into coaching? No, no, I didn't know at all. If anything, it was the opposite. I think, I, uh, I think I'd signed for Wimbledon in, uh, in the conference and uh, me, me level two application form came in for me coaching badge and I, it just had, did not interest me at all. And if anything, my parents had to sort of bully me into doing it. So go on, you might, mm. might want to do this one day. I had no real intention of, of going as far as I have so far with coaching, but... You know, after three months, four months of doing it, even at little after school club, I was doing to earn some extra money. It uh, it sort of gave me the buzz for it, and then uh, you know, come come three or four years on, I'm, I'm, I couldn't think of doing anything else. Yeah. So you're, as I say earlier, you're coaching the under 18s at Orient. How are you finding that? No, it, it, it's hard work. You know, as at Orient, we're, we're not like a Chelsea a Cat One club. So as uh, as a few of us doing about two or three different roles. So as well as coaching the 18s daily, I, I oversee the 13s to 16s program and. You know, I love it. Just being around the training ground every day and, and working with, with lads and you know, being around a first team. It's the good thing about going into coaching is you never lose that sort of banter and it's very hard, I think, to go from playing into just what I call, you know, with all due respect, a normal job where there isn't got that, that banter and that environment of being around the blokes. I'm lucky that I've got that every day at Orient and, uh, as it's, you know, I love it. I love working with the 18s and we've got a couple of good players who hopefully might, might kick on in the game. We touched on it very slightly. So what advice would you give any of the youngsters who are listening or any youngsters at Orient? You know, a lot of people come out with the same old thing. They believe in yourself. and You know, unfortunately, the truth is some lads aren't, well, will just not be good enough. You know, so it's that realistic thing of going, OK, have I got something about me? If you believe you have, you have to got to stick with it. Uh, don't, don't sort of give up at the first refusal. But it comes down to me as then that real dedication and desire to succeed along that you have to have some natural skill, some natural ability or else you can have all the desire and you want it won't get you anywhere. If you've got a little bit of skill and you've got a little bit of desire you've got every chance of getting on. Hope you are listening to that one. You've got to try your hardest. You will get knocked back in football but you've got to keep coming, okay guys? Um, so what does the future hold for Daniel Webb? Oh, you know, I'd like to think it's a, a long and prosperous career in coaching. I mean, the last three or four years, I've only doing it for three or four years and I've gone from doing the under-14s to to work with the 18s and the 21s at Orient so in four or five years I'd like to think I've made a, a good progression I mean I'm 32 now I'd like to think by the age of 37, 38 I'd be a first team manager you know that might be a bit ambitious but that's the sort of goal I'm setting myself and in that time I appreciate I've got a lot to learn and uh, hopefully I'll get there Hopefully you can call on your old man again. It'd be good. Uh, well, <laughs> it's been great talking to you, Dan, and hopefully we can speak again and maybe even get your dad on the show. That'd be a good one. Live from the Caymans. Yeah, live straight from the Cayman Islands. God, iPhones, I don't know if they'll work that far. So, guys, you've heard it here. We are finishing up at Leighton Orient's training ground. They're just about to finish their session, and it's been a pleasure talking to Daniel Webb, and hopefully we'll speak again, guys. Take care.